0: You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Two or three tonight and say how they're doing. Um, hallelujah, Amen. Um, our Father, we thank you, name of Jesus, that you would speak to our hearts tonight. We ask Lord that you would instruct us from your Word. Um, Bible says that you sent your word and you healed. Tonight we ask for healing by your word. We ask for an anointing that makes the preaching, the teaching, the hearing, the doing of your word easy. We ask, Lord God, that no one will live here the same. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. A big amen. Amen. All right. Um, so, so this whole month, um, at, across the Elevation Church... We, um, we typically will talk about relationships and marriage. I believe it's one of the things that God has given us grace as a church to discuss, to teach, to minister about. Uh, as you can tell, I am very, for some reason, maybe because I grew up in Benin, uh, discussing relationships and marriage tends to be like, ah. because where I come from in Benin, you don't like really... Um, worry too much about that you know just what you just point hey i'll marry you and you marry and uh, you progress uh, when i came to lagos i found all this intricacies cases of trying to find a um, someone to marry and all that um, but i felt impressed tonight to start a conversation about how to recover from a heartbreak Right. And of course, you know, I have no experience with this. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, uh, what's it called? I'm borrowing from experiences of people around me. You know, things, people like Fallaby, Caleb, of course, Samuel, Nifemi have spoken to me in confidence over the last couple of years. So that's what I'm borrowing on. But, but before someone says, oh my goodness, what a, Carnal conversation to have when people are perishing in wherever people are going to hell. Just in case you are that person who is having a spiritual conversation with yourself, and like, how can this? Where, where does this rate in the kingdom of God? I'll read a scripture to us later, but I just want to point out to you one of the purposes of the anointed when Jesus speaks about what has been fulfilled about His coming. Um, he says in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah chapter 61, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me um, and has anointed me uh, to preach good tidings to the poor. And the next thing he says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Help me ask the person next to you, are you brokenhearted? Or I say, I ask, oh, sorry, ask them, if you, has your cousin been brokenhearted? Is your cousins, you know, has your cousin been brokenhearted? Okay? And <laughs> and says to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. The opening of the prison to those who are bound, we can, yes, that's deliverance. Yes. Uh, to preach good tidings to the poor, the, the, this super spiritual person says, well, this is not real poverty he's speaking about. This is poverty of the soul. Liberty to the captives, again, deliverance. but." But how? what does Jesus say he's anointed for? The second one, to heal the brokenhearted. To heal the brokenhearted. So let's trust him tonight that in the ministry of the word and in the prayers we would pray, that there will be something that brings healing. And if your heart is not broken, um, when your heart is broken, you are the... You're the broken one, yeah? Or the, the heart is broken. If you are the one who's breaking hearts, then you are um, the breaker. All right? So if you are the one who is the breaker, right, then that's, this is also a useful message for you. Because you can, when you're then sharing with the next person and saying, sorry, I have to move on. It's not you, it's me. You can also give them this message. Some people are not finding this funny yet. But it's fine, it's fine. But, but sometimes your heart is broken. When has your heart been broken? What happens? Let's, let's try. Hearts don't break. <laughs> okay. They're coming for you. Just wait. <laughs> what, what, is ha- what happens? So he says that, or she says that she's not interested anymore. Right. Um, sometimes it is even you who moves on. Right? And, and to be fair, it's not always a case where the other person says, I'm moving on. Sometimes you move on, but then your heart is broken. And the truth is because when we are in an, in a, in an honest relationship, you are actually investing more than just appearances, you are actually investing from the very depths of your soul. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14, it says the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. It says, but a broken heart or a broken spirit. In fact, uh, it says who can bear? Because there are times when (laughs) uh, as we transact in relationships or marriage that there are things that happen that impact the very state of our hearts. Uh, To be honest, sometimes it is the feeling of having been measured or assessed and then been declared to be not enough. So what it is, is that the person, you feel, it's like you go for a job interview and they say, we're so sorry, but um, you do not meet, uh, you know, the qualifications, it's, when it's a corporate entity, it's understandable. You can argue, oh, they don't even know what they are missing. When it's a person that you like, when it's a person that you like, that people have also said to you, oh, we can see how you guys look good together. Your children will be, half of them will be fair, half will be, you know. you it's, Your heart tends to be broken. And, and so today we just want to look through scripture and and deal with this. And if you don't know, if you don't need this yet, maybe your children, when their hearts are broken, you can talk to them. Maybe your neighbor. Um. In my experience, and I'm going to speak a lot from my heart. In my experience as a pastor, which is not a long one, by the way, but I found that um, for Christians, that heartbreaks are even worse when sex is involved let's just go there first my message is not really about sex but let's just go there first uh, and I just want to reiterate that our, our that our training our principle our understanding as a church as Christians is that sex is not on the table except you are married and even when you are married, it's only with the person you are married to. Is that all agreed? Speak, shout, hallelujah! Say, yes. Let me tell the person, tap the person next to, ask them if they heard. Just tap them. Tell me you heard, okay? You heard, okay? All right. <laughs> and when we say sex, oh well, somebody like oh, this is tricky, but yeah. When we say sex, we and we've talked about this already at Life Point. When we say sex, we mean sexual activity Yep because I hear that term oh, you know ever so often or oh, pastor we've done everything but sex I just just clarify so this is sex by all means Any esti- and should I should I explain further or is this fine <laughs> Okay Is me for me in service Yeah, he's sober already. He's writing notes. So this includes um, oral sex, guys. Is sex. That's why they call it oral sex. Um, it includes the other one which should not be mentioned in church. <laughs> it includes everything. Holy Spirit, I had a longer list when I was rehearsing this today. But every kind of sexual activity. Is not on the table until you are married, and even then, with only with the person you are married to. I found that when hearts are broken and sex is already involved, it's it tends to be harder. Because sometimes we are comforting the guy, it's okay, it's okay, or the lady, it's okay, and they're just weeping, weeping. I thought, why? It's not normal. (laughs) Sexual interaction belongs to those who have made a covenant with you on the God. It's interesting that sometimes our hearts are broken, and we're really concerned about what other people will say. It's just the fact that people will say, "Ah, he's single again." You just yeah. some of the times you are like, "Lord, where will I find another one?" Because it took you three years to get this. I mean, you were you were in the choir. Regularly shouting, singing, sweating, every rehearsal, God rewarded you. And then six months later, I remember uh, when I moved to Lagos, I, I had been in one relationship. And you know what happens when you move to Lagos? <laughs> and uh, you don't, no, don't worry. And honestly speaking, I can remember those conversations with myself. Because the lady who i had been in a relationship with before, I had met her in school, in Benin, in campus, and you know, I'd come to Lagos, and I couldn't, for a while, I couldn't really figure out where I was going to find another girlfriend. Oh, I'm serious. I didn't. I wasn't PI then. There was no even P. There was just, there was nothing. It's just you know, I I could not. I I was in clubbing. I was just I couldn't fix, So sometimes you're like, where will I get another one? This took me three years. Scripture says in Psalm 68, I believe, it says, God sets the solitary in families. In Isaiah 46, the prophet is speaking. He's talking about God. He says, I am the one, says, my counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. And so may I say to that person who uh, is struggling in their hearts with even trying to figure out, Lord, where will a spouse come from? Where will a boyfriend or a girlfriend come from? I assure you that God who planned your life has it sorted out. In fact, let me tell you, if you are here in this room today, Looking forward to getting married, the person you are going to get married to has been born already. But it's true. Well, for some of you guys, if if you want to go down that route where you're marrying somebody who is about 30 years younger, then maybe not. But the truth, the the truth is that person is alive. Tell the person next to you, they are alive, they are alive, they're alive. I'm telling you, you just don't have their number, but they are alive. Follow me, they are, well, she's alive. Let's not say they. She's alive. And I, and I said this because sometimes you are worrying about something that is God's business. Because, so, does that help you? Even knowing that your husband or your wife lives already. As I'm preaching to them here, I hope they are in midweek service somewhere else. But they might even be here. We don't know. Let's not worry about that. Can I be saying, let them be here. Let them be here. <laughs> Sometimes they they say when they would say to us, it used to be Pastor Bimbo Dukoya. She would say, but sometimes a broken relationship is better than a broken marriage. And sometimes the pain you will feel from a heartbreak is an investment in future peace. And I can tell you this as someone who is slightly older, that you meet people who broke up with some, and when they see the person later, they're like, ah. Thank God. And I speak to someone here, it seems a bit light, but you dodged a bullet. And I'm serious. Because the fear of a heartbreak can keep you in the wrong relationship for a long time. And, and so sometimes you should be ready to let your heart break. Sometimes. So so people can be in a relationship. One of them knows that this is not the relationship that they should be in. But they cannot deal with the heartbreak. So when I wake up in the morning, no text message. Who do I speak to before I go to bed at night? I I love you, you love me. And I love you more. Okay, you drop. No, you drop first you dropped I'm, I'm not dropping I love you more than that I can, I can I hang up on someone I can I drop on someone I love I, can, I love you I love you too <laughs> let's watch this film together you watch it on your side I watch it on my side Oh, who would I do all that with and so you sit there God is sending messenger after messenger to you Samuel Samuel he's calling you he's waking you this is not it So sometimes we should not be afraid of a broken heart and should not let it keep you in a relationship. On the other hand, we should never let the fear of a broken heart keep us away from a relationship. Because there are people who are too afraid, and so you've you've found convenient reasons not to be in a relationship. Are you the only one that's preparing for heaven? Not because someone says, I'm building my spiritual life. or oh, the rest of us are sinners. We don't have spiritual lives to build. <laughs> because some of you are just afraid that you would get it wrong. And so, you know, you don't... Try. But, but when you see... And this is, this is important, guys. When you see children trying to learn things, it's when you realize that sometimes... Adults, we're too proud to learn. So we remain in ignorance. When a child wants to learn how to walk, how many times do they look around? At who? If, they, if God waited for us to be adults before we learned how to walk, loads of us in this room will never walk. Some of you are learning how to drive now. They've told you, put L sign on your car. You said, God forbid. <laughs> how can I be driving at my age? I'm driving Lagos L sign. You take the car out and wipe somebody. (laughs) In two months, you are paying from your salary, just pride. But now, when you get home, your gatesman stays afar. (laughs) Do not let the fear of a heartbreak keep you away from a relationship. I believe. I mean, sometimes I look at people. I'm like, I think "You guys are really patient," because I cannot understand why you are not. I'm, and I'm, this is me again tonight. I'm talking very freely, as your pastor. Sometimes I look at all guys like, "You guys are really patient. How? Why are you not in the relationship?" I won't call names on this one. I feel strongly tempted, but I won't. Sometimes when your heart is broken, you must realize that. The marriage conversation, yeah, which is what relationships are about. Relationships are not for fashion, they are not so that you can count, tick off some. It is about marriage and destiny, and I'll get there. You realize that two people must agree. must 3-3 says, Can two work together except they be agreed? Um I think that if someone indicates to you that they are unwilling to go on the journey with you, if they say it in English, Yoruba, clearly give you, and if somebody else comes to tell you on their behalf, you should let them go. There are times when you should beg, especially if you've done something wrong. Right? If you've done something wrong, you should appeal, you should beg, you should lie down, you should sing a song, you should get the band to come and sing a song, you should do stuff. If you sense in your heart that there's some hustler outside that's trying to take your destiny, you should beg. You should say, oh, look, I'm better than him. You should make a case for yourself. But if the person says to you, I am not interested, they say, they write it out in text message, send you email, do PowerPoint presentation, please let them go. And I say this because there's also people who teach that, oh, my goodness, my soulmates, and if you miss this person, that is the end. I, don't, I, I know that there's no such thing. I know that. And, and so, today is a, I think it's a very pastorly conversation. I've seen God do miracles with marriages. I'm not saying marry anyhow. Please marry somebody you like, you love, you adore. But I'm saying to you that God will surprise you. So sometimes that guy who looked all together, the lady who you thought was perfect for you at the time you married her, God will rather that your heart be broken now so that you can be happy for the rest of your life. Somebody say amen. Say it out loud. Amen. Amen. Somebody's boyfriend is just looking at her. She's saying amen. God please. God please. To that person whose heart is broken, who's dealing with a heartbreak, May I say the following? Number one, narratives matter. Whenever we feel pain, there's a huge tendency for us to exaggerate. I don't know if it's happened to you before. When your hand... I mean, how, yeah, this is an easy one. How many of you have seen uh, a particular gender, which would not be mentioned, trying to deal with cockroaches before? <laughs> are you wondering? Oh, <laughs> are these mobile demons or what? What is this? And, and they're, sque- they're shrieking. They're, 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 the boys are. Sh- I'm like, it's a cockroach. It's just a cockroach. Until it flies, <laughs> then it's a demon, a mobile demon. But but even some of us guys who are who are talking, we see you in hospital rooms. Simple injection, simple injection, and the guy starts to weep. I like. <laughs> It's a simple pin. It's going to just go through your skin. They will, as I'm saying, that people are shaking and they're like, "No." Some of you would pay money not to be injected, but it's a. But what happens in that? In that moment, you exaggerate the pain. Is there anybody here who loves injections? Let's pray for you. We'll pray for you after the service. But typically, we tend to exaggerate pain. So when we go through pain, we would say things like, I am dead. Dead people make no confessions. Have you gone to a funeral before? They're about to bury the man. The guy stands up and says, oh, I'm dead. No. So when people say, ah, I am finished. No, you're not finished. The fact that you can make that confession is proof that you are alive and well. But what happens is that we tend to exaggerate. So in Numbers 13, they go and inspect the promise of God. They see some tall warriors they come back and they say to Moses that land devours its inhabitants but we saw people that are alive but it the land swallows people but we saw we saw people that are alive your narratives matter when, when i read james chapter one in the passion translation that that scripture that says count it all joy when you're faced with diverse temptations It reads as follows, James chapter 1, I think verse 2. It says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Someone says, Sophia, what are you saying? I'm saying that anytime you have to deal with a heartbreak, you should, the Bible says, we do not mourn as those who do not have hope. It says it is an opportunity to experience joy. Your narratives matter. Your narratives matter. It is your heart that has been broken, not your life. And if wisdom teaches you anything, this is not the first time your heart has been broken. How many of you have your heart's been broken once or twice in your life? Once. Three times. Five? <laughs> no. It's oh, yes, by a girl. I mean, you're like, you've never, never been broken by a girl? No. Okay, they're coming. Don't worry. Don't, just relax, man. <laughs> they're coming for you. And you shouldn't say these things in public, guys, because they don't look at you like, ah... We know him. We will teach him something. Don't, but you're, don't worry, you're covered by the blood. You're fine. Okay. But your narratives matter. Your narratives matter. So you are the brookie, you are the broker. <laughs> yeah? Oh wow! All right. too. <laughs> and you know what? What doesn't happen to you before marriage? God then brings your wife to you. Don't worry. <laughs> she sort you out. <laughs> um. Someone needs to understand that a heartbreak can also be an opportunity to learn and adjust, an opportunity to learn and adjust. Now, I I must say to someone, you cannot define all men or all women by the experience of the one person that you have dealt with. I know Tunde did you bad but all men are not tunde it's very important when we were in in the university they taught us something called the fallacy of generalization all men are not tunde if you are writing notes write it down but if, if you, instead of tunde put the name of the individual and all women are not amaka it's absolutely important Because if you do not come to a place where you can take the key lessons from this which did not work out, sometimes you will then visit the scenes of the past on the future. You will treat everyone who comes as if they were responsible for the heartbreak. Sometimes it's, it's, it's in a heartbreak, you're in that place, and sometimes you can learn patterns. Sometimes. Sometimes you realize that every time you're in a relationship, then you introduce them to your family members then one week later they break up. After it happens two or three times, maybe the next one you shouldn't introduce him to your family yet. Sometimes the breakup always happens first week in February. Just before Valentine. I do know the one person and I pointed this out to her. She was a friend of mine. I said, have you realized that every time you've broken up with someone that they're owing you money? But no, I said, you're a bank. She was very sacrificial. So by the time she would break up with the people, they were owing her lots of money. Some people, it is after you have despite... The counsel of the scripture after you have slept with him. And then you realize. So I'm saying there is learning to be had. And so just the emotions of the breakup are not sufficient to take on. Is there something I need to learn? Maybe it's after you brought them to your church. You saw what you do on Sunday, everywhere is dark. I said, man, no way. And they break up with you. That's fine. You try the second time. Maybe you are sourcing them from the wrong place. Maybe you should look inwards. Look for people who understand how your church works. What can I learn from this breakup? What can my friends around me tell me in this season? Sometimes your friends are unable to tell you the truth until your heart is broken. Then they now say, ah, yes, well, you know, Caleb, we really wanted to tell you. Ah, but the way you said you were in love with her, we thought if we told you, you would not like us again. But Caleb now can sit you down. They'll put you around the corner. Say, ah, Caleb, ah, no, that girl used to be, she was too rude to you. you say, really? I didn't know that. I thought, I thought it was a compliment. No, it was not a compliment. When you were saying big head, big head, that wasn't a compliment, Caleb then you book it down. When I'm in love, I do, not, I do not process insults. I do not recognize it. So you write it down. In your manual. The next time when you are in love, you ask your friend, is she insulting me? Say yes. Okay. You tell her, stop insulting me. I'm going somewhere. Don't forget where we started in Isaiah. And Jesus says that the anointing is able to provide substance that helps with broken hearts. Our world today is filled with, true, with so much brokenness and violence. And this is not just about what's happening in the whole South Africa. There's a violence encoded into our world today. So much that Christians need to understand how to take the anointing of the Holy Spirit and translate it into healing for people. You need to figure it out. Jesus, in his day, took that same anointing, translated it into healing. Physical healing. In our day, when people need healing for a headache, typically won't come to you. But those people are dealing with depression. So I say to the person who is broken hearted, or we will say to the person who is broken hearted, That in that season, you must protect yourself. You must decide that you will refuse bitterness and vengeance. This one is important. That you must refuse bitterness and vengeance. When Jesus is about to go, be promoted, he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. I'm not saying that everybody who offends doesn't know what they're doing. Some, they had a plan. And the Holy Spirit tried to warn you, but you said you were in love. But sometimes they really do not know what they're doing. I mean, and if you're like me or like some of us, sometimes you do, you do, once you, there's a, you, you actually have to battle with. I love the person, but they've hurt me. May I say this, guys, that we must never, as, as the body of Christ, as church, that violence is not an option when it comes to being heartbroken. So that whole picture we see in movies or on YouTube, he breaks up with you, you're heartbroken, you show up in his house, on Monday morning with a baseball bat you start to break his the windows of his Range Rover, I beg you please <laughs> I mean it makes good social media but the Bible says the rot of man does not walk the righteousness of God, you cannot produce the will of God with violence nor abuse so you know how people break up with you and then you send them a message. I remember a dear friend of mine called me. There were two, two people. They were both in the local assembly that I was in. And then it didn't work out. And they were both insulting each other. Christians who so feel the Holy Spirit. Sanctified. Insulting each other. <laughs> Useless. I saw are leading girls on. Woo! Why we <laughs> said tell the person actually no violence, no abuse. We would follow peace with all men. Yeah, but you must not let evil counsel enter the equation. someone one one says, uh, "says we do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly." I say this because in the times when people are heartbroken, they are vulnerable to wrong counsel. Don't you know where he parks his car? Who we'll goes and slash his tires? When the security men arrest you and tie you, you have a text your pastor. I won't answer. <laughs> the Bible speaks about a son of David called Ammon, who loved the lady. He loved her so much, but there was for some reason he could not approach her until his friend comes and gives him strategy. There's a guy called Jonadab. The Bible says he was a very cunning man. Very crafty man. He said, ah, pretend you are sick. Then tell, you know, the king to send her to you to serve you. Then have your way. Not only is that rape, it causes a a storm of evil over David's house. One reception of wrong, evil counsel. (sighs) Holy Spirit. I'm saying to that person who's dealing with a heartbreak, that you would have to give yourself some time. Some of us believe that one way to get over a heart, a broken heart very quickly, is is to fall in love immediately. Because once you fall in... And the truth is this, is that there is restoration that comes from a newness. So uh, if you've lost something, when you get a new one, sometimes you forget, typically you forget about the loss of the old one. But you just want to make sure, I would say, that you have healed sufficiently. Right? So that you are not interacting with this new person as if it was a continuation of the last one. The truth is that sometimes you also say just be careful. You can't break up on Monday and announce a new relationship on Instagram on Friday. It just looks odd. Okay? And I think if you're in a relationship, you shouldn't have like a spare. Is that that okay? You shouldn't have a spare. You shouldn't have a plan B, C, D, E. F. Some guys are like, what? You shouldn't. It is not honorable. It is not honorable. In fact, when people, and I don't know who this is for, someone is dragging this out of me tonight. When a guy walks up to me and says, P.I., I'm essentially dating two girls. Uh, yeah, we say, ah, see how uh, P.I. we do. Yes, now some of you have walked up to me before. I don't want to call names here. <laughs> but I said to them, Break up both relationships. It's not about choosing the one you like most. I said you started both relationships on the foundation of dishonor. You cannot, none goes. Break up both. So if there's a guy here, you have two, three, four, if you have anything, if you have, just, just end it now, please. Okay, if you you have, if you need further counsel on this, read Solomon's life. Solomon had, I can't remember how many wives and how many, how many, Checks, yeah they destroyed that that is not the wives it's that whole activity destroyed him but that person I say give yourself time to heal be careful of they used to call it the rebound I'm not sure what it is called anymore right so you just quickly check ah who was the last you just bring out your list you know who was the runner up the last time ah Sam how are you I haven't really seen you in church. You saw him. Or I haven't really seen you in church. I've been around. Oh, okay, okay. Are you still cycling? Oh, man. I want to learn how to cycle. and I hear you cycle well. He doesn't know that. He's just filling in. And then the next day, you take a picture of you and Sam cycling, you know, and post it on Instagram. Just interesting. A lot of what people do when they're rebounding is actually trying to prove to the other person that look at what you are missing. It's not that I really like this girl I'm going out with, but I just want to show you that my market is not expired. That you are not the only one in this country. In that instance, I would say, what do you do with the time you heal? What heals? Love. That you would fill your heart and your life with God's love so much that when you are accepting the love of men, the love of men does not determine your life. That you would accept God's love before you accept the love of a man or a woman. Because men and women, P.I. included, are not perfect. When a person has accepted God's love first, you can break their heart but it will heal. I mean, you cannot be carrying no God's love and for 5 years you are still trying to oh my goodness, he left me. Who is he? And I'm serious. And I can say this at least if if somebody broke your heart 5 years ago, if you've been here in life point for at least 1 year, you will find better men. Men say amen. I'm serious. I say, no, it's even three months. Three months. They give us three months. (laughs) Give us three. But God's love needs to be seated deep within your heart before any other person comes in. I mean, Joseph, the Bible says his father loved him in Genesis 37, verse 3. His father loved him so much, gave him a coat of many colors. I believe. But that was one of the reasons that bitterness could not sit on Joseph's heart. Love had entered. Every morning when Joseph woke up, he he woke up, his father would probably say, come and hang around me. As he was getting up, he would see that special custom-made jacket, different colors, nice. He would wear it, proof that his father loved him. And so when Joseph took that to the world, it didn't matter if they sold him, betrayed him, put him in prison, he was still fine. There are too many Christians who do not have a revelation of God's love, who are trying to fall in love with imperfect men. And so he likes you because you are wearing brown weave. A week. You change it to more, Ah, no, no, no. This is not the picture I had. Some men are like that. Not in this church, but men are like that. She liked you because, my goodness, you had a good job. <laughs> this is when the message is hitting home. <laughs> Josh is all right. Is all right. <laughs> oh, my goodness, a powerful message. <laughs> Josh, are you all right? Josh, come, don't worry. So, is that what I said hits you like that? <laughs> all right, but let, <laughs> everybody's fine, Nabi. I, and the keyboard is fine. Keyboard is expensive. <laughs> because she likes you when you have a great job. But then they sack you, and she waits for you month two, month three, month four, you don't get a new job. You then say, oh, I want to do Uber. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ah, Uber. Your friends are te- her friends are texting her and say, Ah, ah, I saw your boyfriend, Joel, now. It was my Uber drive and they snap. You know, people are wicked. They do a screenshot and they send to her. She <laughs> says, Ah, see, say, this is not really working. I, I, I need time. I just need, I just need me time. You know, I just need time to process. This isn't my life. I just want to focus on my prayer and devotion and all that stuff. We know the lies we tell in church but you need to have a revelation of God's love deep seated within your heart before because so when any other person loves you or doesn't love you you have something to measure against help me ask the person next to you ask them Do you know that God loves you? Do do you know that God loves you? And and I know that sounds very simplistic. So we ask the person on the other side. Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that God loves you? For someone tonight, I believe that God is starting healing in your life. Because he's saying to you, this person who walked out of your life cannot love you. (laughs) I don't know what is it. One over one. What's that? One over a million the way God can love you. Uh, two things, and I'll, I'll land this and we'll pray. For that person who is dealing with a heartbreak is that you must find, but in this time you must protect and maintain a healthy self-image. You must protect and maintain a healthy self-image. And this is why, this is why I, I said this. Remember what I said initially, that once the heartbreak happens, whatever led to it, uh, sometimes there's an, there's an examination that goes on. Is it that I was not good enough? Is it that he, she found someone better? Which of my many weaknesses was responsible for this? And if you're not careful it begins to tug away at your self-image. You, you still put on a front on the outside, like everything is fine, but it begins to, you know, just tug away. I mean, and it, I mean some people are adventurous. Some people are not. Some people get heartbroken, and you haven't, you haven't tried to speak to anyone in a while. But you must protect and maintain a healthy self-image. I mean, when we talk about relationships and marriage, we do realize this is not just about fun, guys. It's actually bigger than romance. Romance is nice. But it's bigger than that. That this is about destiny. So much about destiny that the patriarchs will say to their children, you cannot marry from such and such a place. It's not that you can't fall in love with people here, but we're saying there's, this is about purpose and destiny being birthed. I was preparing for this, and I don't know who this is, but the power of words and speech, even in a season when it seems like your heart is broken, the power of words and speech, because whether we like it or not, our hearts hear our voice. Our hearts hear the things we say. The power of words and speech. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, um, I think 20 down, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline my, your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Say for their life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. It says to keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Then it begins to say, put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, but perhaps it is time for you to begin to speak over your life. Perhaps it is time for you to begin to speak over your heart. I know Chinadu left. But God did not leave you. One one person living your life cannot change the plan of God for you. It cannot. They cannot, even if they put a a thousand of him together, they cannot change the plan of God for you. One lady says, I am not marrying you. I don't like you. I like Caleb instead. That cannot change God's will. You're, you can't ah, my life is finished. Tell the person next to you, tell them you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Help me encourage them. Tell them you're going to fall in love so bad. Uh, somebody, somebody, somebody be scared. Tell them you're going, to, you're going to fall in love so bad. Ah, no, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I hope they're not telling you that. Okay? You're married. <laughs> All right. Um, I've got one more. Um, that you should not suffer in silence. Some people get heartbroken and then they disappear. And then they leave us worrying. What did we say in church? What did we do? Ha! Huh? Ah, what did I do now? Did I preach a wrong message? Ah, maybe that day I didn't say hi to him. What did I do in church? And then you we come back after like seven months, you know, plenty hair, bushy beard, maybe even trekking from Joss or wherever. They appear. She broke my heart. I'm like, oh, really? But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter twelve and twenty-six, it says if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. So when that kind of suffering comes to you, call your friends. We're suffering together. And I'm not joking. Even Job, when God does that whole interesting advert discussion with the devil, Job has three friends. We're, we're all here together. This is not time for you to go into your room, draw the curtains, put off the light. And be playing sorrowful music. Why did she leave? You even make it slow. She left. She left. You are crying. as they are singing. you are backing up. She left. She left. She left. Oh, she left. On repeat. She left. Your mother is knocking. Ha ah, ah. ha. Mommy, leave me. I'm coming. She left. You are meditating upon the pain. Put her picture in front of your laptop. You know. You're losing weight. Can I say this to someone that you broke up with someone, someone broke up with you, and you feel a sense of peace? You feel a sense of peace, and you're worried. (laughs) Um, I think you should let God just take what He's taking. And I'm, I'm not being funny, I'm serious for that person. Because you're worried. Ah, is this? Is that? Just let God take what He's take. Because normally, when you break up with someone who you're in love with, you feel. But if you're just feeling peaceful, everything is just. Then just let God continue to do His work in your life. So I'm saying to that person, this is a time to gather your true friends, not people who are looking for gist. No person. Hey, but look. So Simon, really explained to me. What did she say? How did she say it? She said what? And then she then. <laughs> they are. This was are like copying for Twitter. They would just. But I'm saying the people who honestly are there, who would bring you food in the morning, who would drag you out, who would say, no, you're not wearing black again today. The ones who would keep your confidence. The ones who, yes, when they see the lady who broke your heart, at least for the first one week, will give her eye for you. But the Bible says, if one suffers... All suffer with him. This is where I would land it, and and this is important, guys. The greatest form of deliverance, the greatest form of healing, that is available to us as Christians, is as we interact with the truth. As we interact with the truth. I I must say this to you. Anyone who takes you anywhere in this world and says they're taking you to a deliverance meeting, if I I did... I'm not... Deliverance meetings are important. Good. If at the deliverance meeting there is no truth there, look for a way to escape. I'm serious. It does not matter how many candles, red, they burn on your head. Demons, pain, heartbreak, do not respect candles. It does not matter how many times you dance. It is The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You say, let me take you to the Babbage. You would bait naked. You with your MBA from Stanford. <laughs> Go to the Babbage. You're baiting naked so that something nothing is leaving you. In fact, you're collecting stuff. <laughs> what is God saying to you at that moment? What is God saying to you? In the middle of your brokenness, what is God saying to you? David, David comes home from a battle one day. Imagine that whole feeling. Victorious in the battle. And then he comes home and his family has been taken away. Homes are burnt. And then his men say, we should just stone this man. His bad luck. In the middle of that conversation, David finds what God is saying. He finds encouragement. In God, Jesus in John, I think John 4, has a conversation with a woman. And I like how, you know, we gloss over that story in a hurry. This is that woman who's had five husbands, her heart has been broken over and over again because man after man after man had said to her you are not really my type you don't know I, I just don't i don't i don't like you anymore and they would put her away you are rude my mother doesn't like you you don't know how to speak english I want to go to Canada. You want to stay here So I'm living. Jesus has a conversation with her, but he refuses to let that part of her life remain hidden. So he brings it out. You've had five husbands and you're hanging out with one guy that you're not married to at the moment. If it's most of us, we'll probably, if we we're beside Jesus at the time, would hiss. Because we are righteous. She's a sinner. But Jesus begins to have a conversation with her and says, look, come. There is something that your life wants that's causing you to go through the circles all over again. And he says, I can give you living water. Again, I say this that the anointing that we receive in God, Scripture makes it clear that it can translate into healing even for the human heart. Isaiah 62 enforces, you will no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. Desolate. But you will be called Hepziba and your land Beola for, la- for the Lord delights in you and your land will be married. I don't know who it is. And you might be here now present in that situation or you might know someone who is in that place who we're saying would you spend some time in prayer? Would you spend some time in the presence of whom the Bible says is fullness of joy? would you spend some time because some of you some of, as we pray God will reveal to you the side of the story that is not known to man. Some of you he would reinforce his promise over to you again. Some of you in the place of prayer he will begin to raise the very friends that you need in that season. For some of us as we pray even in the middle of what seems to be a broken heart, that scripture that God says, look, I'm summoning a man from a far country. As and I'm serious about this. You are praying and God is literally getting a guy or a lady up from a far country and they begin to feel the promptings to relocate. So me is here in Lekki, Lagos, praying in the spirit. And this young girl is in Australia. And she begins to see visions of Lagos, Nigeria. She thinks she's coming home to help the homeless. It's, it's a prayer. Bob is a man of prayer. I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just going to round up on this. is that every sorrow has an expiry date. Every pain has an expiry date every pain has an expiry date god has the ability to restore god has the ability to give you better it's, it's human beings that see in the present tense i know you see the guy you think ah this is no one else nobody else is a lie you see that same if god gives you the real ability to see that guy in 20 years even you'll be wondering how Pot belly, bald hair. <laughs> uh, and I'm serious. About okay, let me I don't know which of them will listen to this, but guys, sometimes I, even at my age, sometimes I, you know, I go for reunions. And I'm not going to tell you which one, but people sue me. Sometimes when you see the lady you thought the guy or the lady, uh, to be neutral. That you thought was hot in secondary school, even you yourself, like ah God. But I'm saying to you that things will change. So even the very thing that you hold so dearly now, ah God, I can't live without this. God is saying, You will not only can you live without it, you will get better, you will find better. Tonight, I, I'd like us to pray over God's will and purpose for our lives. Especially as it regards marriage, I know that at life point we tend to be very sophisticated and we don't like talking about love and marriage a lot. But it's such a real part of our lives. As we pray over God's will to be done and to be manifested, I'd also like us to pray tonight in case there's anyone who is here who is broken-hearted. I like us. The Bible says, "When one member suffers, that the whole body suffers." I'd like us to pray out of the confidence that we have in the power of the anointing. The anointing is not just to make people fall down or make them shout. It says it does something to poverty. It does something to broken hearts. It does something to those who are in captivity. I'd like us to pray tonight. I'd like you to pray over your life. If you're married already or if you found someone you love, I'd like you to pray over your life because that conversation doesn't stop there. You are saying, Lord, would you perfect your will concerning me, concerning my life? And I don't know who it is who has been broken-hearted, so you have been hesitant. But the Bible says he has not given unto us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. So I'd like you to pray tonight. I'd like you to pray tonight there might be someone here you have not been in a relationship not for months but for years and it's, it's not because you don't want to be and, and, and I, I'd like you to pray tonight and ask God and ask God for this part of your life to be fulfilled and and, and you know it is not a, there's, no, there's no shame it, it has nothing to do with God is in charge of your life God is working through and in your life and the same way you would ask God concerning your career concerning your ministry is the same way you have boldness to stand before God and speak to Him about this area of your life. For that person who you've seen, you have failed over and over in relationships and you've come to the place where you've said, Time out. God says, Look, I am the one who is at work in you. to will and to do of my good pleasure. I don't know who you are. But I, I'd like you to try again. I like you to try again, trusting God. Someone needs to pray tonight out of Ephesians. It says that you would come to the place where, with all the sense, you know the height, the, the depth, the width, the length of God's love. Someone needs to say, Love, show me how much you love me. So that when a man's love comes, Lord God, I will not be threatened by it. I will not be held to ransom by it. I will not compromise because of the love of a woman. I will not compromise because of the love of a girl or the love of a man. I will not compromise. Because like Joseph, my life has been wrapped around with your love already. Someone needs to pray tonight. Someone needs to pray tonight. I'd like us to just pray in this place. Lord, if there are broken hearts in this place, would you bind them together again in the name of the Lord Jesus? That every sorrow, every pain has an expiry day tonight if you do not mind i'd like you to please hold the hands of one or two people and we'll pray for two or three minutes and then we'll sing one worship song but we are asking lord nothing missing nothing broken in the name of our lord jesus christ And I'd like us to pray specifically about relationships and marriage, specifically about their hearts. And I know you do not know their history, you do not know where they are. So I'd like you to pray in the spirit first. Lord, we are asking, let your will be done in my brother's life. Let your will be done in my sister's life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. i like you to speak words over their life. Words of blessing. Words of encouragement. Tonight, declaring that the path, the steps of the righteous is ordered by God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Declaring that the beauty of God is risen upon them. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Declaring that they walk in the times and the seasons of God concerning their lives. Declaring they are bold and they are courageous in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'd like you to speak a word over them that no pain will hold them captive in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. No pain will hold them captive in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak peace. Over their lives, speak joy over their lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Manda Lakabanda Makaleba Ragadash Kaliba Ragade Manda Rakabosh Kaliba Rakasanda makale in the Negebosh Kaliba Ragadash Kaliba in Dosata Makaleba Rakabanda Makarebara in the Legeboshanta Makalba Regadesh. In the Lekebanda Makareba Kanda Makaleba, in the Mokosoprakanda Makaleboros Keliba Ragade, in the Legeboshike Libaregesh, Ema liba Libaregesh E Macalaba E Macalaba Satarebos in the name of Jesus. I like us to just pray two minutes in the spirit. And what I'd like us to do is to birth relationships. And you know, look guys, we will do as we are led by the Holy Spirit. I'd like us to birth relationships. i like us to, and it might not be for you, okay, that's fine, but I'd like us to birth relationships. There's a narrative, there's a narrative that keeps on going around. People say they're not God-fearing women. They're not God-fearing men, but God is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man to repent from the things that he has said. The Bible says, has he not said it, he will do it. Has he not spoken it, he will bring it to pass. I'd like you to just pray over this place so we are birthing relationships. Relationships, we are saying those that need to be found will be found. Those that need to see will see, eyes will be open, conversations that need to be had will be had in the name of the Lord Jesus. No one will dwell under a covering cast in the name of the Lord Jesus, no one will remain hidden. We declare a release of divine relationships in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, when Abraham was ready for his son to get married, he would send the pro, he would send his servants somewhere tonight. As we pray, we are sending servants, we are issuing a summons, someone you are saying, Lord, I should have heard. Now, man the lekapam the magara mogodosh. May I ask you to borrow God's watch. May I ask you to borrow God's watch. lakaranda makarabara. He says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. Mam the logodosh. Come on, church. Let's take another minute. Manda ragabanda makaleba ragadosh. A release man da ragadanda makalba. There are stories that will be told in the coming weeks that will be a product of these prayers. the Bible says, born was joined unto bone in Ezekiel; flesh upon flesh." God malabonde mogolosh kalipa ragada. rakamande magalosh E the it's <speaking in Spanish> who, who, who and I'm loved who I, am. Who I, am. Who I am, you're a good, good father, That's who you are. to sure.